0: It is the 19th of September 2022, and it's time for episode, I believe, 28 of Morning Combat Extra Credit. This is the podcast within the podcast. This is where we get to some of the stuff that we didn't have time for on regular MK. Hello, everyone. I am merely one half of your normal hosts. My name is Luke Thomas. Brian Campbell, of course, hosts with me for regular Morning Combat, but I host just this particular podcast. Now, normally what we would do on something like today, of course, thumbs up on this. If you're watching, hit subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, give us a nice review if you're listening on whatever podcast platform. Normally what I would do here is go into some of the extra stuff that we did not get to on the UFC card, but for today, I decided to switch it up a little bit because something historic happened in combat sports over the weekend that has nothing to do with that UFC card, I'd rather put my attention there. Namely, ADCC 2022. This is largely considered to be the preeminent no-gi grappling tournament in the entire sport. Some might even argue it's the most prestigious or no gi obviously it's only in no gi but i mean of all the most prestigious tournaments many would consider this to be the apex of them all that's a matter of debate obviously the world championships run by the ibjjf they happen annually neither here nor there but it is obviously in a very prestigious tournament it is the number 1 tournament certainly in no gi and gordon ryan gordon ryan made some history over the weekend. I would like to talk about what he did at ADCC 2022 for today's program. So with that in mind, I have three points I'd like to make, but I wanna put a pause on that for just a second. I wanna start with an overview. First of all, what did he do? Well, he won technically just this weekend, the 99 plus kilo weight division. So he got another gold medal in that one. He is now the first person to win A gold medal in ADCC in three different weight classes. He did it for, I think, uh, minus 88 kilo, minus 99 kilo, and then plus 99 kilo. I believe that's right. Let me verify here that very quickly. Uh, Yes, that's correct. Now, he also has, in 2017, he had a silver in the absolute, which is independent of weight. And he has a gold in the absolute from 2019. And he has a gold from this weekend from the super fight where he submitted Andre Galvan. So this now makes him the most decorated ADCC athlete of all time. Marcelo Garcia has four different championships in the minus 77 kilo weight category from different gear. So in four different, I think from 2003 and on up to 2011 basically, he skipped a couple of ones in between. But he has four different those. But in his absolutes, he never got anything, I think one silver maybe and one bronze. I'll double check here in just a second. But he never won a gold. Uh, Gordon Ryan has that. Now, we'll talk about where he stands as the no-gee goat in just a minute. But I have to tell you, it was extremely, extremely impressive. Before I kick off the three points, because I want to talk about how impressive it was and put some context behind it, let me start, though, with this cloud that hangs over ADCC, which I think is very silly and everyone should just ignore it. Of course, this is my opinion. People get very passionate about this issue. I'm sure someone will see this who has a very different view and they might decide to tell me that I don't know anything and that this is all ridiculous. But I want to be very clear about this because I did see some folks saying, well, no one ever discusses this. So here I am having a discussion up front. By the way, this is also discussed a lot, but I'm going to have it right up front. ADCC does not do drug testing. in in any capacity whatsoever, they don't care at all. And I have to tell you, I like that. I don't have any issue with that whatsoever. It is not to say that the competitors are drug free, some of them certainly are, some of them are drug free in a way where they take great pride in it, that's fine if they choose to compete that way, but this is a tournament that doesn't do any drug testing. I wanna tell you why I think that that is both important and good. folks ask me why I have such different attitudes about drugs and sport than other folks, let's start with a very basic question and your answer will define your worldview here, but I will tell you about mine and you can make a judgment call about it however you want. If the question is posed that what, or rather, is the only role for drugs in professional competitive sports prohibition? Is that the only role, is that the only role performance enhancing drugs should play is that they are are cast aside, they are prohibited, they are not allowed. To me, that seems absolutely crazy and I don't support that at all. What I support is creating a diversity of options for athletes. That's what I believe. I do not believe that the only role for drugs in sport is prohibition. In fact, you can already see why that would be potentially something you should begin to figure out or reconcile with. For example, you have strongman, which is a, uh, a strength sport, obviously. At the highest levels of super heavyweight, they nominally say they do drug testing, but they really don't. There's really, for world's strongest man, for example, basically you can take whatever you want. And in fact, to compete on that level, you have to. But of course, in the sport of strongman, there's all different kinds of different tournaments and competitions. They're adjusted for age, they're adjusted for weight, they're adjusted for gender, they are some that do in fact do some testing so that the for folks who are interested in that, they can have those options. I'm not calling for drugs to run over sport. I am simply saying I don't think the only role, the only role is prohibition. I, I simply believe that fans prefer at least some kind of alternative where there is no testing, ADC's pop, ADCC is not merely um, the most prestigious no-gi grappling tournament. It's arguably the most popular tournament in all of sport jiu-jitsu. The fact that they don't drug test the competitors is not a incidental feature of that. that there is a direct relationship between the two, uh, I, would, I would put to you humbly. Um, and more to the point... IBJJF does do some testing through USADA. They randomly test some of their gold medal winners. Now, I wouldn't call that a very robust system of testing relative to what you see in some other sports, but there is at least something along those lines. And again, it's not the idea that everyone should be forced to take drugs. It's that athletes should be given the option to not only work under a rubric of strict and total prohibition. I believe that our conversation around drugs and sport is fraudulent. I believe our attitudes about prohibition being a good thing is more or less I would say poorly founded, not utterly unfounded. For example, there can be one case where prohibition I think is very good that would be youth sports. People who are 16 years old should not be taking uh, D-ball for example. I think that's, that's That's very much backed by medical science. You you would want adults making adult choices about these kinds of things to the extent that it, it, it is important for them. And I don't, I'm not working under the impression that, to the extent Gordon Ryan or Andre Galva or anybody else, if they in fact are using, that they don't derive some benefit from it. You could make the Tim Sylvia argument, which he made when he got caught, which was that he just wanted to look better on the poster. And you did see some insane physiques out there. But I basically just start from the premise that total prohibition, total prohibition, seems a little bit over the line. That the market will actually reward Uh, sporting tournaments or certain sporting activities where uh, there is a lack of testing I believe that people say that they find that there is a cancerous or negative element to it having some kind of role in sport the people who really believe that are actually very much the minority and the fact that this was I think they had sold 12,000 or more tickets at the Thomas and Mack Center is evidence of the fact that the consumer base does support it the competitors clearly have no issue with it and the sport still rewards the achievements as legitimate. Again, if everything in every case where drugs were forced on them, that could be something different. And of course, you could make the claim that, yeah, ADCC doesn't test, IBJJF might, but there's still not much of a difference in terms of what they can find. Sure, we can have that conversation, but at least giving the uh, the option to athletes. And in powerlifting, they have tested and non-tested federations, and you are allowed to compete wherever you want. Gordon Ryan does not compete, to my knowledge, in, in at least currently anyway, in any IBJJF um, testing events and that's absolutely his right you can make whatever inference you want from that so I just want to be very clear about this there's a lot of folks who are hand-wringing I've seen people say oh well now it's just a question of who has the best steroids let's assume for just a second I'm going to make an assumption for the sake of argument that's all I'm doing I'm not making a claim to knowing the truth of this let's make a claim here again for the sake of argument that both um, Andre Galvan and Gordon Ryan were let's say for the sake of argument both using I don't think that he won because he had better drugs in fact I'm sure that that's even not even close to being true. There is a lot of moralizing language that gets used when it comes to PEDs in sport about things like good and evil and corrupt, and I think that this is all a bunch of nonsense. There's rational, there's irrational, there are incentives, there are a lack of incentives, and humans will simply respond to them no matter what the other rule set being. In this particular case, no one is breaking any rules, so you can't really get mad at them for that if they choose to then take, which again, some folks I'm sure were absolutely... That's something that they don't want for their lives one way or the other. It's the option. It's the option of giving to them. I actually feel like performance enhancing drugs, hence the name, they make performance better and I am very curious about seeing sports where those kinds of drugs are not weeded out and what it does to the sport and it gives athletes options to do one or the other or at least have some kind of choice about how they want to navigate those spaces. Rank prohibition to me is a outdated idea that I think won't stand the test of time. Drugs are here, the question is what we're going to do about them and how we're going to incorporate them, and a blanket no all the way across. I simply believe that the consumers don't want, I believe a lot of the athletes don't want, and I believe a lot of the moralizing language and then the moralizing institutions around it, these are people trying to uphold a zealotry, or I should say a worldview of zealotry that I think is far too heavy-handed take that for what it is worth. Now, that aside, let's talk about what Gordon Ryan did. As I indicated, winning the plus 99 kilo uh, weight division, winning the super fight against Andre Galvan. Here are my three points that I would like to make, and we'll talk about some of the broader context in just a second. Number one, Gordon Ryan is peerless. I cannot overstate to you how effortless this was for him to win. He didn't have to claw and scrape his way to get here. He just ran over the competition. Only one person was able to withstand the duration of the match with him, and that was Victor Hugo, who Gordon Ryan beat 8 to nothing. So Gordon Ryan submitted, I'm going to mispronounce his, or his name, but Heike husula who is I think from Finland, then he beat Victor Hugo via points he had submitted, uh, his previous opponent, he submitted Roosevelt Souza, he submitted uh, Nicky Rod, Nick, Nick Rodriguez, and then he submitted Andre Galvan. Didn't surrender a single point, submitted almost everyone, dummied the guy who was able to last. Absolutely dominant. Uh, from beginning to end, and even in the case of someone like Nikki Rod, understand Nikki Rod is a real big guy, fills out in that weight class for plus 99 kilo uh, quite well. Nikki Rod was a training partner for a very long time with Gordon Ryan. In fact, it was Gordon Ryan before there was that split off into the B team after they left Puerto Rico for Austin where in Puerto Rico and then before that at Henzo's, they were the guys who had basically recruited and sort of curated the career of Nicky Rodriguez. This guy has intimate familiarity with the game and then the evolution of the game of Gordon Ryan. He barely lasted over two minutes. Barely lasted over two minutes. Couldn't do a thing to him. Go back Go back, Go back. back and watch the match with Galvan. Now, Galvan is a little bit older. I think he's close to 40 years old at this point, but he looked to be in, let's say, tremendous shape. And more to that point, this is a very long-standing decorated competitor. Uh, Galvan, by the way, I think at the last ADCC going back had won the gold medal in the super fight, then 2017 gold medal in the super fight, 2015 gold medal in the super fight, 2013 gold medal in the super fight, and then in 2011 won the the minus 88 kilo and then won the absolute. This is not some guy wet behind the ears. This is a very, very good grappler. He could do nothing. To Gordon Ryan. Understand the levels here as well of jiu jitsu, right? It's a very basic way to understand it. There is survive, defend, and attack. All Galvan could do was survive and then on occasion defend. There was no attack hardly at all. I mean, virtually non existent. Never even got to that stage. Much less having a successful attack or, you know, a, a, an attack that was repelled. There was just no attack. Gordon Ryan is so. Far ahead of the rest of the sport. It is shocking. And I make this point all the time. But it's worth reiterating here. I made it on Twitter. I ask MMA fighters, pro MMA fighters all the time. How did you do this? How did you do that? You guys have heard me ask Max Holloway, Volkanovsky. Anybody I interview, I'm always trying to get little details about what they do. And they keep their secrets very close to the vest, which you can understand. They are, in fact, to a degree, some kind of trade secret. At least that's how they view them. Gordon Ryan gives away every piece of his game that he can. He has an endless, endless, long series of attacks from half guards, top pins, defending from the half guard. I mean, every kind of position in extraordinary detail. And now, of course, you could say if you watched his game, This weekend, you would say it's evolved past that. I even asked him, like, how can you give this stuff away? And he made that point. He's like, well, one, these people won't watch. My competitors are too arrogant. Number two, even if they did, by the time they watched it, my game is already advanced past that but nevertheless it is very unusual for a guy to give out this much detail smack in the middle of his prime this is not some guy doing like a basic seminar on heel hooks and like heel hook inversions and how to set it up and you know it's sort of a relatively basic but some decent details along the way it's not giving away a ton of his game there more going over more uh, what I would call sort of general knowledge with some specific um pieces of information included. This is a detailed breakdown of how they do things. He has given that out to the world. All you gotta do is pay for it. Maybe it doesn't matter at this point, but that is very unusual, that amount, right in the middle of a guy's run through the sport. Highly unusual. So the first takeaway you should have is like, who's the best grappler in the sport? Obviously, he would get thrashed if he went to Nogi. Gordon Ryan says that himself. He, he knows he can't beat the very best guys. I'm sure he's probably better than some folks think. But no, I don't think he could win a world title there. But in Nogi... He does not have a peer. He does not have an equal. And if he continues to get better and if he continues to stay healthy, if he can and compete, God only knows how many more titles he could add. I don't even know who could make it competitive with him. The guy who beat him previously, Felipe Pena, couldn't make it to the finals of his own weight category. He was previously beaten. And, uh, obviously, Vinny Magalash had a win over him uh, some some years ago, but is not really competitive in the sport anymore. He's obviously a little bit older and, and has moved on to a different part of his life. I don't even know who would be number two, a very, very, very distant number two, to put it quite mildly. He is absolutely phenomenal. Point number two someone else who is a much more who is much more um just has a better grappling knowledge than me can tell you the very very important specifics. I want to give a shout out to this and we'll put the link in the description box. There is a post from opennotegrappling.com on new wave jiu-jitsu. New wave is the John Danaher school, which of course uh Gordon is a part of. And what they make a point of saying is you look at what Gordon Ryan does, obviously he's got you know uh, he, he has a complex web of things he can go to. But if you look at the way he wins, how did he win this time? Leg lock, choke from the back, or you know heel hook choke from the back is really what he did. They constantly go to a lot of the same positions. They have setups from a lot of different scenarios to get to those same positions, and then they have total mastery of those positions. Simple is what they say, not easy. Simple, not easy. And in fact, in that post. One thing that they talk about, I really encourage you to read it. You you can get a much more thorough breakdown of the new wave, John Danaher, Gordon Ryan style from that. But one of the points that they make is look at Habib in MMA, Habib Nurmagomedov. Habib did not have a super well-rounded game, right? He he did have submissions and obviously had phenomenal wrestling and combined them. Striking wasn't all that great. It was good enough to get by, drop Connor in the second round. That's pretty good. But he wasn't trying to do everything really well. He was trying to do, basically, a certain kind of game very well. He was trying to be as specific as possible. Think about what Gordon Ryan has done. He rejected gi jujitsu by and large, stuck with no gi, so that's one kind of specificity. And now, in that game, has a bunch of different setups to get there, but really has kind of a game that features, more or less, a couple of different directions. Chokes from the back, leg entanglements, and there's of course some things in between here and there. But it's not super complicated in that way. The details are precise. Remember, it's simple, not easy. Something to keep in mind about what kind of games work best in combat sports. This idea in MMA, anyway, that the next generation is always going to be, they're going to be able to do everything really well. That sounds nice in theory. Is that actually the best way to win to be able to do everything really well? Or is the idea to make some trade offs about what you do well so that you can get a portion of the game where you're just much better than everybody else? Something to think about here. But his game is simple, not easy. Not easy. That's the weird part about watching him compete. If you just watch him compete, you just can't believe how easy, again, it's not, but how easy he makes it look. It doesn't look like he's trying. It always looks like when you get two other guys who even very good black belts, you know, there's this like really difficult way of trying to overcome someone else's resistance. Gordon is very methodical. And by the way, for all of the allegations anyway, that he's a user, and of course I'm sure he derives benefit from the physicality of it all, I would say that his game doesn't really rely on that at all. Again, it's not to say he doesn't benefit, assuming that those things are true, but he, this is hardly some kind of game that's built on brute strength, right? This is not a guy who is like, for example, there's a really good black belt named Orlando Sanchez. He's a big guy and he has a very big guy game. He obviously is very skilled as well, to be clear. I think he's a Cabrinha black belt. He's skilled, I wanna be 100% clear about that, but his game is obviously benefited by the fact that there's a ton of heft and brute force. That's not really Gordon Ryan's game, not nearly to the same extent. I think to the extent that one wants to make some assumptions about whether he uses, it probably would be more beneficial on the training end. But even then, there's a technical innovation that's a part of it. He and John Danaher, in the way in which they conceptualize jiu-jitsu and every other part of it, they are ahead of what the other competitors understand jiu-jitsu to be. It's got nothing to do with drugs. Three... Is he the no gee goat? Yeah, I think he is. I think he is. As I mentioned, Marcelo has four different ADCC cycles where in his weight class he won a title, but he doesn't have the absolute to go with it. Marcelo in the absolute in 2005 got bronze, and then in the absolute in 2007 just got silver. Um, so he did not get it there. Also, by the way, in 2007, he did get the gold in his weight class. In 2009, he actually just got the silver straight up. But that was, um, you know, obviously in 2011, he rebounded and got the gold. So that's nice. But here's the argument for Gordon. Gordon not only has, um, obviously, the three in the in three different weight classes, which nobody else does. He's got uh, one in the absolute. He has also has a silver in the absolute. And he has the super fight. And here's the other part about it. In the World Nogi Jiu-Jitsu Championships, which by the way is an IBJJF tournament, he had gold twice in 2018, once in the Absolute, once in the 97.5 kilo bracket in 2015. uh, As a brown belt, he also got gold, which doesn't really count for the black belt achievement, but just sort of pointed out. And in the Pan Nogi, he has a black belt in both the Absolute and as well as in uh, his weight class of 97.5 kilo. So you have the most decorated ADCC champion with, in terms of IBJJF titles, Gold in the Pan Ams and multiple golds in the world championships. I don't know who's got a better resume than that. You could say, well, what about Cabrinha? Cabrinha only has three ADCC gold medals. What about Hoffa Mendes? Hoffa Mendes has two, I believe. Let me verify that here in just a second. If I get it wrong, you can dead wrong me. I believe that's right. No one has a medal count like this guy. Not even close. Not even close. Um... He has risen to a level at this point. Now, of course, what you could also say, to interrupt my own train of thought here, what you could say is, well, Marcelo has a bunch of titles in the Gi. True. Uh, Hafa Mendes has a bunch of titles in the Gi. True. Gordon Ryan is not trying to be the best overall jiu-jitsu player ever, Gi Nogi. He's the Nogi guy. And I think at this point, the resume he has amassed makes him the no-gi goat. No, he doesn't have the gi titles. No, not even close. He is very much one-sided. But it, by the way, I think is proof of his argument, which has been true for some time, that you don't really need to train gi to get good at no-gi. It has become so much its own kind of thing that this dual training seems a little bit unnecessary. Uh, that, that might be part of it. Um, it gives proof to that, and it gives proof to specificity, technical innovation, and everything else he go that goes into his winning ways. But That was a remarkable run. Didn't surrender a point. Submitted five of six, I believe, or all but one. Submitted all but one, including his longtime, relatively speaking, training partner. And already had the IBJJF no-gi titles. Now adds in uh, himself as the most decorated ADCC competitor. First guy to do it across three weight classes. And they could, he doesn't even have a peer. It's one of the most remarkable combat sports performances I've ever seen. And honestly... To see where he might go is, I can't even imagine. I don't even know what it would look like if he keeps going where he's going. They can't touch him. They can't touch him technically. They can't touch him anywhere. It's, it's insane how much better he is than the rest of that division. I think a lot of people will wrongly assume that this is a function of taking drugs without really understanding the nature of his winning ways. Um, but this is inevitable. We are just are where we are with folks still buying 1980s drug war hysteria about the role of drugs in society and about the role of drugs in sport. So that's a longer debate and a longer conversation to have. But for today, <laughs> Gordon Ryan is the guy. He's the guy. There's no one even close. What he did over the weekend in Las Vegas will not soon be repeated, if ever. If you're not paying attention to what Gordon Ryan is up to, you better start. Thumbs up on the video. Hit subscribe. Thank you guys so much for watching. Back next week with some kind of uh, extra credit, I think from the Bellator fights and maybe a few other things. Give me some feedback. LukeThomasNews at gmail.com. What'd you like? What'd you not like? And uh, yeah, until then, enjoy the fights.